Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hey, everybody. This is Joe Lynch with the Logistics of Logistics podcast. We have a great topic today and a very interesting guest. So the topic is five biggest mistakes sellers make when using fulfillment by Amazon. And our guest is Ephraim Ausch. Welcome, Ephraim. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Yeah, this is a great topic. So many people now want to sell on Amazon and I, everybody hears the term fulfillment by Amazon. Most people don't know what it is. So I know you know everything about it. So this is going to be a great topic for us. So Ephraim, before we get into the topic itself, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself. Where do you work and uh, where do you live? Sure. So again, my name is Ephraim Ausch. I'm the VP of Sales and Marketing for Tactical Logistics Solutions. We're an end-to-end solutions provider in the logistics industry. We have a 3PL warehouse in New Jersey and California. And we do freight forwarding, drayage, trucking, deliveries to Amazon. And we schedule appointments to Amazon. So that's basically in a nutshell what we do. It's basically for Amazon customer, we do from China or from where the supplier is till Amazon FBA. Good, good, good. So tell us a little bit about your background. Where did you grow up and a little bit about your background? Sure. So I'm a husband of my wife with two beautiful children, a boy and a girl. I grew up in Muncie, New York. That's a small town in Rockland County. It's like an hour away from the city. And then I went to high school in Muncie, New York part. And then the other part, I was in Israel studying for three years. I got married. I have two beautiful children, a boy and a girl. And that's basically, in short, my life story. What was your first job? So my first job was I I started working for a candy company. They were basically a bulk candy company that sold all types of candies, nuts and chocolate. They had an online store, and their own shopping cart. And then they had four retail locations. All of them were in New York. Two of them are in the in Brooklyn, New York. One was where I grew up in Muncie. And then the fourth one is somewhere close to Long Island. So that's where I worked. I started off as a customer service representative. I was just trying to get any job I was possible to get. I just wanted to get my feet wet, as we call it, to start working. After a few months doing customer service, I asked the owner that I want to grow in the company and if there's any potential for any growth there. So he said like, you know what? We tried Amazon a year ago. It really didn't work out well for us. We want to try it again. Maybe you start our new Amazon account and uh, if it does well, then you have a lot of potential there. So I started doing it all on my own. Nobody taught me anything. I didn't get any guidance from no one. I just started all on my own. So the first half year, I was really struggling, figuring out how to list stuff and how what sells, what doesn't sell, research and things like that. After like a, a little more than half a year, we started doing pretty good. And then after a year, uh, after that, around a year and a half, almost two years after I started the job, we did around a million of sales on Amazon for the year. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I really felt like I learned the Amazon business and I decided, you know what, let me do something on my own. So part of my research that I did make while I was doing that job is I realized that gift baskets and Christmas is doing extremely well. And I love that part of connecting to people, connecting to each other, giving gifts, gift wishing. I love that part of the product that people get a gift. They love what they get. They enjoy it. 
someone writes a note, a cute note, a weird note, a joke. So it was really fun things that I was realizing that this industry could, could have. And I really enjoyed that. So, so Ephraim, so you understand both sides of this business. <laughs> correct. Yeah. I was a seller for, I mean, together with that job of seven years before I went into the logistics industry. So when did you join tactical logistics? So I joined around in July, two years ago. So it's a little over two years. And okay. So tell us what you do with your, your existing businesses. So how I got into this whole thing to get into the logistics was I had my own warehouse, I had my own overhead with employees and were very seasonal because Christmas was the strongest season. Valentine's was probably less than half what Christmas is. And then there was Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Halloween. So they're all smaller holidays. And I realized that I have months and time of the year that I really can't support my overhead, even though there's times where I do surpass that with Christmas, for example. It was a great season for us, but I just realized that I need to figure out something out to not to have this overhead. And, and I realized with a lot of companies, a lot of people are struggling on Amazon is because they're overhead if they're seasonal or they use their, they have a warehouse and they have the consistent overhead that they keep on struggling with. So I found a co-packer that um, was able to do everything for me, just prep it, seal bags, do all the food products because they were perishables, storage them in a cooling room, preparing it for Amazon, labeling it, they did everything for me. So that was a huge help. Once I started working with them, I realized that I really have a lot of time in my day and I really wanted to do something to help people because that's what I enjoyed doing. That's my passion. So I joined, I got the opportunity to join Tactical Logistics. And at that time, there were just a 3PL for retail companies. So basically, they work with big box, like customers that work with big box stores like Walmart, Target, CVS, JCPenney, BJ's, like companies like that. That's what their main goal was. And they really were looking to get into the e-commerce market because they saw there's a lot of potential and there's a lot of people getting into that and people talking about it. And they had no knowledge whatsoever about the e-commerce market. I think that's an interesting place to be in that, you know, a lot of these big box stores obviously want to sell online, too. And we start to get into that, you know, do multiple channels for selling product. And, you know, if so many people now want to buy it online and then pick it up or I bought it and then uh, I bought it at a location. Now I just want to ship it back, you know, throw it in the mailbox. Exactly. So that brings us to a place here. Let's understand a little bit about fulfillment by Amazon. Could you explain what exactly that is? So a lot of people don't know really what's going on when they get a package from Amazon. They just know, hey, I have a prime account membership. I get two days free shipping. And that's how they get their products. They're, and they, they think if it doesn't say sold by Amazon, they think that this person actually shipped it out from their own warehouse. This person, for example, that sells iPhones or tablets or whatever they sell. So it, really what happens is when you go on Amazon.com and you have Prime membership and you're buying something Prime two-day shipping, 99% of the time, that's a product that's in Amazon. So basically, we as sellers, we ship our product into Amazon all our products or you do month by month. We'll talk about, we'll go into that um, shortly. And you place a customer places an order for the product and then they get a two day shipping that comes from an Amazon warehouse. That does not come from the customer direct. So that's basically what fulfilled by Amazon is that you send all your products to Amazon. And when a customer wants to buy it and get a two day free shipping or a lot of places today that have one day free shipping and even the big cities like LA, New York City, 
Chicago, they even have today, same day. And then there's Prime now that you can get within two to three hours delivered to your door. So there's a lot of options, but that only works with when you when the sellers send their product into Amazon FBA. Do you know what percentage of all Amazon sales go fulfillment by Amazon? I think if I read last time I read it was around 66% of Amazon sellers have their product into FBA. And the reason why I say why it's not that huge of a percentage is because there is a lot of people that do Prime membership. That means they have the Prime logo on their listings when they sell on Amazon is because Amazon gives the option for really high volume sellers or sellers that are really good at keeping deadlines, cutoff times is basically they let the customer have their own warehouse and consider themselves a prime warehouse by shipping two days to customers. So the reason why most sellers don't do that is because if you're, let's say you're in the East Coast, you're in New York or New Jersey, and you're shipping out a product for customer to California and you require two days, your shipping is going to be high. And basically, your whole profits goes out the window. So Amazon gives you an option that you could choose the regions where you want to cover two-day shipping. But on the other hand, you're losing other states that you're not prime. So that's why majority of sellers do send their products into Amazon FBA, like that they cover the whole United States having two-day shipping. So there's real advantages if you're a seller on Amazon. There's a real advantage to becoming or using fulfillment by Amazon. Correct. Okay. So now we understand a little bit of the basics. What is fulfillment by Amazon? The topic today is five biggest mistakes sellers make when using fulfillment by Amazon. So take us through some of these problems. What's the number one problem you see from sellers on Amazon? So Amazon is a, uh, is selling on Amazon 10 years ago was a piece of cake. You just listed your product. You did a good job on that. You used the right keywords. They started doing Amazon advertising around seven or eight years ago, you put your stuff on, uh, on Amazon ads. It was cheap, very cheap to advertise and you had sales. Like if you had a good product, you had a lot of sales. What happened was they say around 2 million sellers, they sell on Amazon US. So the competition became crazy and there was a lot of loopholes that people figure out how to trick Amazon and try to do different things. So obviously they caught up to everything and they keep on limiting stuff different things and it's getting harder and harder for sellers to sell on Amazon. So there is some mistakes that people make, especially when sending product into Amazon FBA. That's very important to keep in mind, basically to make sure that you're profitable, your overhead is the least possible and you don't run into any mistakes. Yeah. So what's that first mistake that you see out there? So the first mistake is what I see is a lot of sellers don't realize for us, for example, 3PL, every single space in the warehouse is allocated. We make sure that we utilize every single square foot in the warehouse for whatever it needs to be done. But a lot of sellers that take out, let's say 50,000 square foot warehouse, or 100,000, depending on how big they are. And they really don't realize that every single square foot they pay money for and every single labor thing that they have to do in the warehouse is takes a lot of time. It's costing you time and money and not being an, an Amazon stock. So what I realized is a lot of sellers label their products here in the USA. So basically, before you send in a shipment into Amazon FBA, you have to put in FBA carton labels. And then once you palletize, you have to put on pallet labels on them. And a lot of sellers do that over here, or they bring the container to the warehouse, download it, and then they label it. Or they have a 3PL do it for them. That comes out to be expensive because here in the US, you pay for US labor, you 
pay U.S. labels. It's not that cheap. Yeah, it's 15, 20 cents. But if you have 2,000, 3,000 cartons in a container, it, add, it adds up. So what I always tell my customers or just sellers on Amazon, just when I have a talk with someone or a chat with someone, is that there's ways how you could have your supplier put on the labels for you. And a lot of times you don't need your supplier to do that. You could have your actually freight forwarder that picks up the goods and takes it to their consolidation warehouse. They could do it for you as well to have the products labeled and send them into Amazon. When you bring it into the USA, you could just deliver the right away to Amazon instead of bringing it to the warehouse, prepping it, scheduling a new trucker, pick it up, and then delivering to Amazon. So that's one, that's one side of a, mistake that people make then there is recently there's a new so let me let me ask a question so that means have the labeling done potentially let's just say it's coming from china the labeling done by your supplier in china yeah or if a lot of people lately don't trust their chinese suppliers because a lot of chinese suppliers have become sellers on amazon the u.s they figure out how to amazon tries to recruit them that's one issue and then the second issue is that they a lot of the products that they do manufacture for their customers, they end up selling themselves on Amazon trying to cut the market rate because, for example, the customer paid ocean freight and he paid full price for his product. And Chinese manufacturers, obviously, they get it for much cheaper because they make it. So a lot of people are scared that the supplier will copy them and they'll kill their product. So a lot of them don't label by the supplier. So the two options is you could label here in the USA. It will cost a little more, but you're more secure. Or you could have your freight forwarder. I'm not sure if all of them do it, but I I've, I, I know a couple of them that have done it. We do it. And I'm sure there's other people that do it as well. So it sounds as if it's at least a conversation you need to have where you get that labeling done. And for some products, you say, I'm not concerned about my supplier becoming a competitor. But in other cases, it might be. So at least there's there's ways to save money is what you're saying. Correct. It's 100% the big saving because if you realize if you need a label that in China, I mean, in the U.S., that means you have to import the product, pick it up from the port so that you're paying money for picking up from the port, delivering to a warehouse. Then the warehouse charges receiving, prepping it, and then you got to take another trucker to deliver it into Amazon. So you're right away paying warehouse and you're paying a trucker twice instead of delivering direct versus if you label the product in China, you can go from the port direct to Amazon. If it's a full container or it's a LCL, it really doesn't make a difference. Amazon will take it in regardless how it comes, if it's LCL or full container, or they take it either way. So that would be a big savings. I'll tell you what, labeling always seems to be a problem. I don't care what business you're in, labeling's an issue. Well, that's that. <laughs> So Ephraim, what is the second mistake you see sellers making when they use fulfillment by Amazon? Right. So the second mistake is probably one of the biggest mistakes that people make, especially in busy times, like before Prime Day that was last week, or before... Christmas, before Thanksgiving, basically Q4, is when you use Amazon partner carriers, it's very appealing because they're crazy cheap. They compete with any trucker out there. They're cheaper than anybody. One of the reasons is they use today's their own truckers. They have their own uh, fleet of trucking. They call it picked up by Amazon. So that's one way or they use LTL truckers, but they're really, really cheap and it's really hard to beat their prices. But the only issue is that when you do that, it takes you two, three days till Amazon actually picks it up from your warehouse. From when you schedule it till they actually come is around two to three days. Because first you got to create the shipment in Amazon's portal. Then you got to make sure that you know the dimensions and the weights of the pallets. Once you know that, then you could schedule a trucker. 
usually they don't respond within 24 hours. So that's already 24 hours gone. And usually they come pick it up the next day or two days later. So it's two to three days till they pick it up. Once they pick it up, they take it to, the trucker takes it to their terminal, wherever their terminal is, usually in the area close by. They unload the truck or they leave it on the truck and then they have a different driver pick it up from there, consolidate probably different customers or different stuff. And then at the same time, they schedule an appointment with Amazon. And whenever Amazon gives them an appointment, that's when they deliver to Amazon. And part of the issue with that is, first of all, they only deliver within daytime hours. That means from 8 a.m., for example, till 6 p.m., that's when they'll deliver. And Amazon will, they'll only take an appointment from Amazon at that time frame. So if Amazon gives them afterwards or before, they won't be able to take it. So they keep on getting pushed out further, further out. So in Q4, I've seen customers get a scheduled date of delivery to Amazon three weeks later. And that was already a week after Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And the customer completely lost all his sales on that weekend because partner carriers was not able to deliver it because Amazon did not provide them the right appointment. That's crazy. So what you're suggesting is if you're doing fulfillment by Amazon, you go find yourself an an ICE-3PL-like tactical and let them (laughs) secure your delivery from your port wherever you received it and get it sent to Amazon's warehouse. Exactly. So what I recommend is if you're not in a rush and you work on a two to three week replenishment basis and it's off season, yeah, go ahead and use partner carriers because you're not in a rush here. They'll be in stock. So that week or two doesn't make a huge difference for you. But if you're in a rush and you're really selling product well and everybody knows, I mean, especially sellers know that being in stock on Amazon is the number one priority to be. Because if you run out of stock, Amazon has a thing called BSR, it's best seller rank. And basically, the more you sell, the better ranking you get and the lower number you get. So let's say if you're a thousand in electronics, let's say you sell 8,000 units a day. If you're 2,000 in electronics, you sell only 4,000. So really, the more you sell, the lower the ranking goes and the, the more products you sell. So if you um, run out of stock, automatically the, the algorithm gets cut off because you don't have product. So automatically you could fall off from the first page, you could go to the second page, and there's the third page, depending on how long you're out of stock. And it really hurts your listings. And once you get back in stock, it takes you time. You got to spend a lot of money on advertising to get it back up and running. So every Amazon seller knows that number one thing is you got to be in stock. So you got to do whatever it takes to get back in stock. And if Amazon partner carries will affect that, then you know you cannot use their option. Wow. It seems as if it's gotten very complicated to be an Amazon seller. I mean, there's a huge opportunity there. So I guess I understand what Amazon's trying to do. Is there rewarding companies that manage their business well, who can have the product available and easy to pick up, easy to ship? So, and they're, conversely, they're punishing people who are out of stock. Right. And they punish them by, by having their, their rating go down. What do you call it? BSR? Rank. BSR, right. And what does that BSR stand for again? Bestseller rank. Okay. So if you don't get your stuff there on time, your BSR suffers. So it makes sense if you need the replenishment on a a faster than two or three week cycle, it makes sense to to get a 3PL to help you. Right. A 3PL or a trucker that uh, a local trucker, let's say if you're in any, any state, wherever you are, you call your local truckers, just go on Google, search them. If you can't find them, you can reach out to me. You could, uh, I could help with that, but, uh, just search them on the internet. Call them up. Hi, guys. Do you deliver to Amazon? Do you guys do appointments? Yes, sure. So 
you could basically you'll get your product way faster than Amazon because when they pick it up, the trucker picks it up from your warehouse, you will deliver direct to Amazon versus the LTL truckers. They're usually they pick it up, they take it to the terminal, delayed for a few days, they make the appointment whenever they want till it gets to Amazon. It takes a while. So if something is urgent, you always use a local trucker, a smaller trucker. You can just reach out to them, call them up and see if they can do it for you. And don't use LTL carriers. Damn. All right. Well, this, this is a complicated business. So the, the first problem you see is product labeling. It's a conversation. You have to figure out what makes the most sense. Cheaper in China, but with some risk. So labeling is the biggest problem. One of the biggest problems you see. Using a, an Amazon partner carrier Cheaper, but potentially a big problem if you need faster replenishment. We'll get right back to the podcast in just a moment. If you sell transportation or logistics services, the Logistics of Logistics can help you sell more. Our customized program will help you understand your sales personality, including your strengths and blind spots, get more sales leads, and improve your communication and salesmanship. We can also position you as a recognized industry expert and help you reach your target audience. To learn more, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com. And now, back to the show. So what's the third mistake you see Amazon sellers making? There's a lot of sellers that import product from China and they have it palletized. The reason why they have it palletized is just they think that if they don't have it palletized, their boxes will get damaged or something. And they're really scared that it'll get damaged. So that's where they put on pallets. But in my experience, past three years, very little cartons get damaged because they usually make sure to fill up the container. If it's an LCL, they make sure to fill up the container to full, full capacity. So there's no chance of getting damaged, except if it's water damage, then you, that's a different story. But on most scenarios, that doesn't happen. And then even if you do bring in a full container load, you lose 30% roughly from your space if you put it on pallets and if if you're a, a big seller on amazon and you really sell a lot and you bring in a lot of containers a year and you have it on pallets and each container you lose 30 percent, so that's basically you're losing 30 percent of sales they could have made on that you're paying more container you're using more containers a year you're paying more on that so that alone is a big savings by stuffing a container to full capacity right. without pallets or doing an lcl loose boxes automatically you will pay cheaper per CBM. That's how it's called in the container world because it's less CBM if you don't use pallets. Pallets will automatically add more because it's bulky, it's big. It will take up that whatever, that square space, whatever it is. And it's just uh, it's a time waster and it's a money waster. Well, that, I mean, I'm not an expert at fulfillment by Amazon, that's you, but this feels like a rookie mistake to me. It seems to me, if you put that stuff on pallets, you've got to be, to your point, using so much extra space. And you said it's about 30%. So you're paying 30% more and God, your throughput just goes way down. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. Exactly. And a lot of sellers don't realize that you could deliver, if the cartons are labeled, you could deliver direct to Amazon from the port. So even if it's a flow load container, it does not have to be on pallets. So you could deliver, we could deliver a full container direct from the port, direct to Amazon, they'll unload it. It takes longer to unload than a, regular truck. That's why it's probably a little bit expensive to deliver, but it's still way cheaper than bringing it to a warehouse, prepping it, and scheduling a trucker. Time gets wasted, and it's way cheaper to do it the other way, just doing direct. But that's all said if you're a high-volume seller. If you plan to sell this container within 30 to 60 days, you're good to go. And we'll go into why one of the next mistakes will be why 
if you're not going to move that in the next 60 days, why you shouldn't send it the whole thing to Amazon. Right. So they potentially, you just you say, I'm going to fill up that container. We're going to optimize that container, no pallets. And then when it gets to the US, you decide, you know, maybe if, if it has to go on pallets, you have your 3PL company like yours or, or another, put it on pallets or potentially say, uh, we don't need to palletize it and send it direct without pallets. Correct. If it's labeled, it could go direct. doesn't have to be on pallets. Yep. So that does bring us to the, the fourth mistake. What's the fourth mistake you see Amazon sellers making? So in the last two years, I would say Amazon really decided that they're not in the storage business. They're really in the selling business. So if you sell well, you will come in. If you don't sell well, then just get, get out of here. And the way they, they make you get out is by really racking up very high storage. So anything over six months, there's a high, you pay 50 cents per unit extra per month, additional to the regular storage. So that could get very, very expensive. And then at once you hit 12 months, it's just through the roof. I think it's additional $12 per month per unit. It's just ridiculous pricing. If you have stuff there more than 12 months a year, I mean, more than 12 months in their stock. So what they do is they really, if you really don't want to kill your margins and your profits, I would say work on a 30 to 60 days selling basis. So whatever you sell in the next 30 to 60 days, that's what you replenish every every month or replenish every two weeks. But it's based on your sales volume of selling out 30 to 60 days. That's when you just pay a month or a month and a half storage. And that's not that crazy expensive. So what you're saying is store it at a 3PL like yours or at your own facility rather than take it to Amazon. Who again, I don't blame them. They have the enormous facilities, but they also have so many sellers. It's ridiculous that they would be expected to hold that much inventory. Exactly. So what a lot of sellers don't realize is that if you keep it in your own warehouse, I'm not sure what your cost is, but let's say, for example, holding in our warehouse, it's half the price what Amazon charges a month per pallet. And especially when it gets Q4, that's fourth quarter on Amazon, they raise their storage rates to like, I think from 80, I'm going to check. Uh, from 88 cents to to two dollars and 35 cents per cubic foot so that comes out to be around 100 something dollars per pallet per month so that's really 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 expensive and if you're not planning on selling that product at that time don't send them in because your storage will be through the roof so that's one of the biggest mistakes people make they just oh i bought a new product i imported thousand units from china i'm going to send the whole thing into amazon and let's hope let's pray that it will sell well and then Sometimes it does well and then you're lucky. Sometimes it doesn't do well and it sits six, seven months there till you sell out and then you have an expensive storage every month. And then you realize, where's my profit? I spent on Amazon advertising. That's a story for itself, how crazy that could be. It could be in a different conversation uh, and not today. How Amazon ads work, they could really eat up your profit plus storage. This could be really a loss for you. So really be careful, especially on new products, not to send in crazy amounts, try it a little bit, see how it goes. And then you start sending in bigger amounts. Ephraim, it's, it seems as if you're selling on um, Amazon or using fulfillment by Amazon is a, is a great idea. It's a fantastic idea. However, uh, it seems as if Amazon saying, hey, this is going to be a, we have a well-oiled machine here. And if you want to be one of our partners, if you want to be a seller on Amazon, you have to follow our rules and you have to be very efficient. You have to be very effective. Exactly. Because I'm sure Amazon realized that, they, that they're that they losing a lot of money by just storaging product for nothing and nothing is selling. 
and they probably lost a lot of money and they really got on top of their game and they really want to be a successful um, operation. So they really want to be in the selling business, moving, bringing in product, moving product, not storage. They're not a storage facility anymore. So what is the fifth mistake you see Amazon sellers making when using fulfillment by Amazon? So the fifth mistake is probably one of the biggest ones because they really could jeopardize your whole business. It could really make you shut down or um, make you shut your doors. If, if that happens to you is basically there is a, a performance index from zero to a thousand on the 350 on the red above 350 you're in the green. And then if you're above 350, you're good. If you're under that, that's the issue. So the issue with that is basically is if you go below 350, you get limitations to send product into Amazon. So basically the reasons why you get, you go on the 350 is having excess inventory. That means you have inventory in stock on Amazon, but it's not live to be sold on Amazon. So that could be a listing got messed up or you forgot to put a live, whatever it could be a lot of different reasons why it's not sellable on Amazon that time. That's one of the issues that basically the Amazon realizes that, hey, you have product in my warehouse and it's not available to be sold. So why is it there? So that's number one that affects it. The second one is sell through. So they base it on how fast they sell product. So if you sell product very, you don't sell through well, that means they base it off, I think on a 12 week basis. That's how they look at you on the four turns a year. If you sell less than four turns a year, your sell through rate is not good. So that could affect it. Stranded inventory. I'm sorry, I made a mistake with excess inventory and stranded inventory. Access inventory means that you have way more units than you sell through. So basically, let's say you sell through is a thousand units. You have 5,000 units, for example. So they measure that you have. 4,000 units more than you should have be able to sell through that cycle. So that's number one. Strand inventory means to say, like I said before, is you have products stuck on Amazon that's not available to be sold for whatever reason that is. You got to make sure all your stock on Amazon is always available to be sold on Amazon. If not, just remove it, make a removal order. Um, you could dispose it. You could ship it back to your warehouse. The Amazon has options. And then the fourth most important thing is in-stock inventory. So if you're in-stock at all times, you got a green check on that. If you're not, then that's part of the reasons why Amazon reconsiders your performance and then puts you under 350. So there is a small nugget, I would say, to fix that. So if someone goes into Amazon and he goes to the performance dashboard and he will look for restock inventory, that's the column It's called restock inventory. On the right-hand side is a small, you could click on preferences. And over there, you could change your cycle, basically. Amazon has it on a standard four turns a year. So that means every three months you turn your inventory, but you could change it as one turn a year. For me, as a seller for gift baskets, in the summer, I had really no sales because everybody's vacationing. People are not buying that much gift. And it really killed me last year because I went into the red because I was not able to, I didn't have the sell through at that time because there was no sales. But on Christmas time, I have the sell through big time. But they didn't care because they work on a 30-day basis. So I didn't know what to do. So I went down. Amazon hosted a, an event in New Orleans last year. And I told them, like, hey, like my sales are pretty pretty good, but I'm seasonal. What can I do? Like I'm in the red and I won't be able to send in 30,000 gift baskets to Amazon for Christmas because I, I, I just won't be able to do it because I'm in the red and they limited my stock to be able to send in. So they gave me, they told me, like, don't repeat it to anyone. It's something that we don't recommend saying it, but we're working on a plan for seasonal sellers to be able to have a different... Yeah, like a workaround. Yeah, exactly. How 
you can apply to be a seasonal seller and then that part will fall away. But so far, we're still working on it. It's not, uh, we didn't launch it yet, but just do this for now and it should help you. And right. within three weeks, I got into the green and then I was good to sell last year. Right. It sounds as if this inventory performance index or IPI has a lot of, a lot of moving parts like all of FBA. And it sounds as if you need, right. yeah, this is, this is where I kind of think that a lot of people who just think, eh, I'm just going to go, I'm going to start selling on Amazon. I'm going to find uh, something to, I'm going to sell pillows and it's going to be great. I'm going to sell a ton of them. You really need a reality check. You probably need a 3PL and you probably need someone like you, Ephraim, who's, who's kind of been there, done that because Amazon is looking for world-class efficiency. They don't want to play with amateurs. <laughs> right. Exactly. They're really tired of dealing with that and they really want to work only with their bigger brands, bigger companies, people that are loyal to them and make sure to always be in stock and whatever requirements they ask for. If you work with that, then you could be a great seller and sell a lot of products. So Ephraim, this has been great. So what I'd like to do is I'll summarize these five and then maybe get some closing remarks from you. So we talked about these five problems. And again, the first one being labeling, it's a conversation. It's no, there's no just best practice. There, somebody has to advise you on what to do with your labeling. Second mistake you see very often is using Amazon partner carriers. It can work. They're inexpensive, but they uh, have time issues. So you have to worry about that. And again, it's another conversation you probably need to have with either your own team or a 3PL you might use. Number three is palletizing in China. Yeah, that's the, that to me feels a little bit like a rookie mistake, but I could see people deciding to do it, especially if they thought it would reduce damage. The fourth mistake is storing goods at Amazon. Amazon does not want poor inventory management. We, you've made that very clear. And then the fifth one, which sounds very involved, is this inventory performance index. You need somebody to advise you on that and help you with that. There's some, manip- I won't say manipulation, but there's some adjustments that you might be able to make to uh, increase your score, which will make it easier for you to stay in business. Right. Any closing remarks on these topics? So one part on the palletizing in China about damages, I just want to make clear with that. Any freight forward could offer your insurance, marine insurance. So if something does happen, it's extremely cheap. It's very, very cheap on the dollar. I think it's 70 cents per hundred dollars that you paid your supplier. So it's really, really a, a cheap deal. And then you fully covered. If anything happens to your cargo, you could always be insured and you don't have to deal. You get your money back and you don't have to have the headache that your product can damage. So I just want to put that out. Right. So this has been great. I really do appreciate you sharing your knowledge and expertise. If somebody should want to reach out and continue the conversation, pick your brain a little bit. Ephraim, what's the best way to reach you? First thing, you can check out our website, tacticallogistic.com without the S. You could check out exactly what we do, but I'm glad to get on a call or have a, a chat with anyone that's interested to get more details. You'll be able to reach out. I think, Joe, you'll post my email. If someone wants to reach out or if someone reaches out to you privately, you can give them my email. We can set up a call and talk anytime. And I'll be happy to work with them and I'll be happy to help them out, whatever issues they have logistically. Right. It seems, Ephraim, I'm not just saying this, it, it seems as if, Fulfillment by Amazon is a fantastic opportunity, but if not managed correctly, it basically doesn't work. And I would say right. in some cases, I say people need a 3PL. Sometimes I say they don't. It seems to me a lot of companies who want to do business fulfillment by Amazon really do need a partner like yourself who have been there, done that, got the hat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I call Amazon. It's a, it's a really, really busy, high speed highway. 
And if you get on the right track and you do everything correctly, you can be on that high-speed highway and really have sales and really make a good living out of that. But if you're trying to always look for the loopholes and where I could get around things, today's days, it's really hard to make it if you're going that route. So I always say, like, work with Amazon, be legit, do whatever you got to do, make sure you're on track and you'll be successful. Well, with that, we'll uh, close this topic. And thank you so much, Ephraim. This is really, really great. Great. Thank you so much, Joe. It was a pleasure speaking to you today. Yes, thank you. And thanks, everybody who listens to this podcast. Your continued support is very much appreciated. I like getting the emails. Let me know what you like and what you don't like. And be nice. (laughs) And until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com.